Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams and VoiceOver Insider Editor Gary McFadden. Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Williams, VoiceOver storyteller and coach and publisher of the VoiceOver Insider, which, by the way, just celebrated nine years of sharing valuable free information to the voiceover industry. Coming up, we're going to have another Mac Minute with VoiceOver Insider Senior Editor Gary McFadden. But first, our guest today is Rodney Salisbury. And while for most VO folks he needs no introduction, for the sake of the newbies in the industry, here's a little bit about Rodney. Rodney is one of the premier voiceover talents in the country and the published author with two best-selling books. One of them is uh, You Can Bank on Your Voice, and the other one you may have heard of, too, Step Up to the Mic. His distinct voice is everywhere, and suffice it to say, you've heard him, whether you knew it was him or not. Rodney has announced promos for everything from Dancing with the Stars to Charlie Brown Christmas specials to the NAACP Awards to the Grammys and the Country Music Awards. Rodney Salisbury is also one of the top trailer voices in the business. And while he's a talent who I'm often in awe of, I think what I love most about Rodney was summed up perfectly by Bob Bergen in just a few words. Look up, pay it forward in the dictionary, and you'll see a picture of Rodney Salisbury. He has been heard on trailers and on such networks as ABC, Fox, CBS, Telemundo, ESPN, NFL, uh, uh, HBO, Showtime, CNN, BBC. I think everything but Lifetime, that, that pretty much covers it, doesn't it? <laughs> and I think I'd sound better on Lifetime than you would, Rodney. Sorry about that. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Julie. I really appreciate that. And what a great introduction. Uh, I appreciate um, all of those kind words. And I tell you, n- not only would you be better on the Lifetime channel, I'd also like you better on Oprah Winfrey's channel, for instance. <laughs> and, and, and that brings me to not only am I starting to hear more women on those channels like Lifetime and, and Oprah's own channel, but also on all the major networks. And isn't that great? You know, uh, for instance, yeah. Thursday night, when you think about Shonda Rhimes as a uh, lineup of all these great shows, Scandal and uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, There is a female now who is doing those promos uh, for that exciting Thursday night. And I I think that's a great, uh, great progress in the business. And I hope to hear much more of that. Yeah, I I always think of a promo as pretty much dominated by guys, which I think it still is. But then you have your Melissa Disney's and a few others that are out there. And but at least the women aren't being limited to W.E. and Lifetime Movie Network and, you know, the women's channels. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So how how easy do you think it's going to be for women to get into the business since this is happening a little bit more? Is that equaling opportunity for more women or do you think that's pretty much locked up by a few people already no i think it's a major opportunity because i'm really starting to hear women on a lot of channels you know the ones you named and on other channels now uh, doing sports too doing things that women didn't normally do and i think it's fertile ground right now for women i i think in fact i think they're starting to do more work sometimes than the men. I mean, when you think about the uh, major uh, shows that are going on, for instance, I just heard that um, this one lady who has done the Oscars for uh, Cedar and Fox, uh, who has done the Oscars for two years, is going to do it now again for a third year. Nice. She's very good. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. And I'm hearing women all the time. And I'm hearing women that I don't know. uh, Voices. Another thing that's happened to the business, which is so crazy in a way, uh, we grow up, you know, trying to speak well and 
and have great enunciation and pronunciation and so forth. And now I'm starting to hear the real person read to the extent of people not crossing their T's and dotting their I's. All right. And so not only am I hearing different voices, I'm hearing real, raw, unprofessional sounds these days. The business is really changing. You know, I find that's the same. Uh, in a, I do a lot of e-learning and explainer videos and narration. And when they say, I am going to, I say, I'm going to. And no one has complained. You see? And, you see? and I get the job. I even do it on the auditions. And because that's me being real, talking to whoever their target audience is. And that seems to be what they're looking for. And I love that example. Instead of I'm going to, I'm going to. That's great. Yeah. How would a woman or, or anybody, for that matter, get into the promo industry now that there's particularly more openings, uh, more, what is the word, um, uh, openness yeah, to uh, openness hiring a woman. To, to women. I think what you have to do is, first of all, put your ear to the ground and find out what's going on, right? Uh, make sure that you're hearing about the latest trends. I'm telling you that the latest trend now uh, is women. The latest trend is using a woman uh, to announce shows like the Grammys and the Oscars and so forth. So you need to know that. Then you need to know who's working the most and what do they sound like. So you should try to have your voice be in the range of a Cedaring Fox. Um, a Randy Thomas. So you should practice those kinds of things. If you're talking real high, we know because we hear those two that they don't want the high female voice, but they want a lower register. So you should be trying to do that. Then you need to make a promo demo, you know, uh, and that d demo should be about a minute, maybe a minute and eight seconds, nothing too long these days. And it should be promos of not only major networks, but also local affiliates things that you might be more likely to get a job in right away, as opposed to thinking you're going to be on NBC or ABC network. So make sure that your demo has some network examples, but make sure it also has affiliate examples and make sure it sounds like that too, because there's a different sound to an affiliate demo than it is from a, ma a major uh, network demo. You find a producer who knows how to make that happen and also make each element different so it doesn't sound like one producer did your album, your album, did, did your, uh, your, your demo, but that um, these are elements from jobs that you actually had, right? So, and, and also, uh, I'm assuming we're supposed to take into account, I mean, y you've done so many various things. I mean, NAACP, Charlie Brown Christmas, CMA Awards. I mean, country, NAACP, and Charlie Brown, they've got to all sound different. Yes, they do. They all sound different. And again, you have to know the genre, and you have to know what things sound like and what things have sounded like in the past. What I love about voiceover is that I'm not recreating the wheel, all right? Everything that we are doing, everything that we hear has been done before. And we're just doing it again. And you're just lucky enough to be the person that gets to do it, right? But it's something that we've all heard before. So thinking about what I've heard, thinking of my past um, things that I've done, I put together the type of voice that belongs to that particular genre. If I'm doing something, for instance, for the Country Music Awards, then I am in a much livelier place. I'm probably in my higher register. I'm reading with a lot of smile. You know, Julie, that we can really hear a smile, right? Um, if I'm doing something like a Charlie Wilson, who is a R&B singer that a lot of people are familiar with, used to be in the Gap Band, 
and now he has his own great solo career. I just did uh, a promo for the release of his new album. Well, now they need something in, in my cool voice, okay, in my more smoother range, in my lower range. I'm taking my time more when I do something for Al Green. Um, something's coming up during the Grammys that I just did for Stevie Wonder. Now, Stevie Wonder is the type of artist that is not only R&B, but he's also pop, and he's loved by millions and many. So now I've got a different voice for that that's sort of in the middle. It's not low, it's not high, it's something mid. How do we know that? How do we find that out? It comes from experience. It comes through constantly reading promos, always reading copy every day, and listening to yourself, recording yourself, and you get better. As a top talent who's working all the time, I know it's not quite the same as what it would be for us, but do you audition for all these things, or does everybody know that Rodney can do anything? Well, I, I love your latter um, statement there, and I thank God that I've been around long enough that people do feel that way, and they just give me the job. But yes, I still do audition, yes, and I scratch on things, too. Scratch is an audition for those who don't know, and that means that I read the copy, but I haven't gotten the job, but the uh, trailer house or the promo house that is trying to get the job, they put my voice on, and I scratch, and they hope that the whole package gets bought. Me them producing the product, and, and so on. So I scratch and I audition. Yes, I still do. Are there any um, special skills that are needed to be really good at promo? Yes, and the special skill is to know that promo is a presentation. Now, I know that the trend today is the real person read. I know that the trend today is uh, conversational, all right? But the promo and the trailer are still two genres that stand alone and they are still a presentation unless otherwise directed. So if they ask you, I just, just before uh, I got with you, I was doing a thing for um, a Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart movie called Get Hard, all right? It's coming out in March. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a comedy with those two. And they wanted me to do a 70s kind of thing. Um, they kept saying Shaft, Sam Jackson, Shaft-like. Well, now I'm being instructed to come out of the normal box, okay? Because I told you, promo is always a presentation. Uh, trailer is always a presentation unless otherwise directed. They otherwise directed me <laughs> to do something different. The funny thing about that, though, Julie, is that nine times out of ten, and I'm telling you this percentage is not wrong, I don't care how many times they do that, what you end up hearing on television is the normal announcer okay so never lose your announcing chops within promo and trailer unless they tell you something else and then you never hear those things anyway if you honestly think about it. when's the last time you heard a trailer that you know didn't have an announcer on it now you may have heard this you may have heard um the guy who's the editor and now he ends up he ends up doing the the, the trailer right and he's not as polished as a um God rest his soul, Don LaFontaine or, or, you know, John Gary or, you know. And so we can hear when something's not as polished. But even that, they're still trying to be an announcer. Well, I want to hear a couple of samples of yours in a minute, but I have a couple more questions first. Um, while we're talking about, say, uh, someone who is not necessarily a newbie in voiceover, but, but to promo and trailer, getting into that part of the industry, do you need to have a top agent, say, in New York or L.A. or Chicago in order to get this kind of work? No, because everyone now has a setup. 
all over the country, all around the world. And people are working from everywhere. And equipment is so good now, right? I mean, I talk into my cell phone and the microphone on my iPhone, uh, I think I've got a five or something, is just fantastic. You know, it's, it's as good as if I put the Apogee in there. You know, I mean, it's not like the Sennheiser or something, but it's very nice. And my point is this. Um, and there's so much media now, right, that every place you look, there's something to watch. You know, if I miss something on TV, I can watch it on demand. And demand has commercials going on. There's, you know, there's Netflix, there's this, there's that. So, uh, no, you don't have to have a big agent. You don't have to be in a certain place. You just have to find out where somebody needs something, where the job is. Now, an agent can help you do that, but you can find that on your own, too. Yeah. I heard this story about you, and I don't know if it's true. Tell me if it's true or not, but about you going into um, a movie studio and walking in and selling yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that you? Well, that's that me. Did that? <laughs> that was me as an actor. I, I didn't okay. sell myself as a, as a uh, voiceover person to do, you know, trailers. Um, although, Lord knows, I've cold called throughout the years and got many jobs. And one thing I would say to the talent out there is that I would get close to the assistants. And assistants can get jobs for you. But the story that's big that you may be speaking of is when I first got out here in 1979-80, I had an audition for Happy Days. And uh, I was on the lot, and I did my audition for Happy Days. And they said, hey, great job, but i got to tell you, you're a little too tall to play opposite the Fonz. But thank you, we'll call you later for something else. And instead of leaving, I wandered around the lot, and I was dropping my picture and resume off everywhere. And I wandered onto the set of um, uh, Taxi, and they were doing a table read. And I'm just standing there with my attache case in hand, and Tony Danza gets up from the table read and comes over and pushes me. And uh, he puts up his dukes. And I put my bag down and I put mine up and we start the slap box and he just stops and he says, Jim, that's the guy. And Jim says, Tony, come on, get back here. We got to finish. He says, I'm telling you, that's the guy. And the next thing I knew, I was upstairs in James Brooks's office, the producer, signing a contract to play the role of uh, 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 Carl, Carl the Boxer. (laughs) Carl the Boxer, my first television role. Guest star role, uh, boxing um, Alex on the show and uh, knocking him out. Yeah, because he was doing all types of things because he was trying to be the the name of the episode was called Judd Hirsch played the role. Alex jumps out of an airplane. And so he was jumping out of airplanes and then he decided he wanted to box. And so he ended up boxing me. And uh, and so that's how I got my first role. So I walked into Paramount on the Paramount lot. That's what I love about that that story, uh, Rodney, is it's it's not even it doesn't you know matter that it was about you know your acting and TV right. acting, it just shows the stepping outside the box with boldness to say, "Hey, I'm here," You're, you know, and then uh, things happen. No doubt about it. Nobody's gonna come after you, you know. I don't, I don't care how much training you get, um, you know, how many people um, you think might find you on the web or find your your website no you have to generate you have to generate the work you know I was just on the phone at the beginning of the year and I would go and get my coffee and walk up and down in Calabasas which is a really nice suburb 
And, um, and then I would get on my phone. This was just a few days into the new year. And I just started calling people, you know, people that could get me work. And I got three jobs out of that one sit on a bench, you know, at the commons, you know, because and, and you would think I would be calling every day now since that happened. Right. And I haven't <laughs> made a call since. But I plan to get back and make some more calls. I just haven't had the time. But I just want to tell you just by saying hello. And one guy said, hello, how you doing? Who are you with? And then he said, and I'm, I'm with a major agency. And he said, you know, we never call anybody from there. I don't know why, but we, we never do. And I said, well, here I am. And a few days later, he calls me, you know. So you've got to make people aware that you're out there. The other uh, two people were people that I hadn't worked for in years, but I just called them. And then right away, they had work. So if you don't let people know that you're out there, they're not going to find you. Right. And you need to let them know over and over again. Over and over again. And you have to be in the mood for that, you know. Um, you know, back in the day, the term we all use, I would tell my wife, I'm going upstairs to, you know, get some get some jobs. And it would be right in this office that you can see right now, uh, Julie. And I would sit here and I would get rejection. You're going to get rejection. You have to have a strong heart. But I would also come out and tell her I just got a job, you know. So but you have to feel like that because there is a lot of rejection. Yeah. You have to not take it personally. Yes, I mean, yes. it's. If you don't get a job, it doesn't mean that you're not good. No, it means no. that it doesn't even mean you're not right for it. It could mean that somebody else was a little bit more right for it. That's, that's, that's all. That is so right. <laughs> Can't let it shake your confidence oh, because please. there are going to be a lot more jobs you don't get than there are jobs you do get. Oh, you know, um, my second book, uh, Step Up to the Mic, is Step Up to the Mic, A Positive Approach to Succeeding in Voiceovers. And there's an illustration in there of a truck that is riding down the street and it says, move on. And, and what, I, what I said is, you know, after you do an audition, move on. You know, after things are not successful, move on. You know, move on and go to the next thing. Because like you said, it's not about you. You did the best that you could do. They just didn't want you at that time. Yeah. Now, I want to hear a few snippets. What would you like to play for us first? Well, you know, um, I, I talked about a smile and dif the different types of voices. So I, I think the first thing you should listen to is something where I had a big smile. And that was um, the promo for the Country Music Awards. America loves its country. And tonight is country's biggest night. The CMA Awards live on CBS, hosted by Vince Gill. Special performances by Willie Nelson with Sheryl Crow, Tim McGraw, Dixie Chicks, Brooks and Dunn, George Strait, Toby Keith, Alan Jackson, Leanne Womack, Martina McBride, Trisha Yearwood, Sarah Evans, Lone Star, live on the CMA Awards on CBS, tonight, 8 Eastern. Awesome. So what is a different contrasted uh, a read that you want to share with us? And a contrasted read would be um, the Al Green uh, promo. And now I'm down in a more lower voice, and it's more about uh, R&B. You know, there's a difference in music and, um, you know, it's a different voice, a different type of voice for a different artist. And you have to think about that, too. You have to consider the copy. You have to consider who you're talking about, the subject matter. And all those things make a difference as to how you deliver it. Al Green, the definitive greatest hits. The ultimate collection of songs from the greatest soul singer of all time. Let's speak to 
21 tracks, including 16 top 10 singles. One of Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Now with six bonus tracks. Al Green, the definitive greatest hit CD. Also available, the deluxe CD DVD edition. You know, a lot of talents start their uh, days by exercising their vocal cords in their mouth. And and sometimes I think I could use my medical narration scripts to do this. But um, no need because you've written a book about tongue twisters and vocal warm-ups. Will you share some of those with us? Well, um, what happened for me, Julie, is that my tongue twisters got so popular. You know, you can always go to YouTube and put my name in, Rodney Salisbury Vocal Warm-Ups or Rodney Salisbury Tongue Twisters, and you can do tongue twisters along with me. And you can see that some of them have quite a few people that have tried them. You know, one of them, I think, is close to 50,000 now. And, and when people say hello to me now, when I go around the country doing uh, workshops or voiceover conventions, uh, uh, last year when I went to Atlanta, and I know you're going to be doing something with Atlanta this year, um, they don't say hello and extend their hand and shake my hand anymore. They walk up to me now with extended hand to shake my hand, but they're saying things like, why in the world would a well want water? When a well wants water, will a well run dry? Why in the world would a wet well want wet water? Will a wet well want wet water when a wet well runs dry? And that's how we shake. And that's just known, you know, or somebody else might say properly press the purple and black pleated plaid pants you own. Prepare to put the purple and black pleated plaid pants on. Properly press the purple and black pleated plaid pants you own. Now properly dressed in your purple and black pleated plaid pants. Be gone. You, you know, really and that's how they say medical narration. Okay. I, well, I'm sorry. You would be really good at medical. Oh, narration. Yeah? <laughs> well, you know, if I do that, I'm coming to you because I got to tell you, medical narration, uh, narration is very hard. And uh, I know that you're the one to come to to help with that. So I would. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so. Um, so what happened was I thought I need to get this in a book, you know, uh, and I was trying to figure out a subject matter for a third book. And I said, I'm going to do my tongue twisters. And so there are a bunch of new ones. Everybody knows the old ones, and you can go to YouTube. But there are new ones now. Now, check this out. Tongue twisters are fun, okay? We like to have fun with them. But I thought about, why can't I have tongue twisters that are specific to genres? So in this book, you're doing a promo? Hey, I got some promo tongue twisters for you. Promo poems for you that rattle the tongue, rattle the lips, get you ready, that have promo words within them that get you ready to read the copy. Got a trailer? I got a trailer, tongue twister, trailer, vocal warm-up for you. All right? And then I thought, well, I don't know if you can do a whole book on, you know, a bunch of tongue twisters, so let me add some other things. So I got into vocal care. And what I'm going to say to this book once I start promoting it is that this is not my book. This is your book. And it really is. This is the voiceover community's book. This is the book for uh, a public speaker. This is the book for an actor, a singer, a voiceover artist. And when I said that, I said, let me get contributions from the normal, regular voiceover community about what they do to uh, remedy a cold, to remedy a sore throat. And then I had them send stuff in. And so you get and I, you know, I have a disclaimer saying we none of us are doctors, including me. But this is what such and such does. You know, a lot of people uh, came up with this thing. In fact, Bob Bergen is a guy that uses uh, alkalol. Have you heard of that? Okay. Um, which was a nasal uh, 
thing that people use. A lot of people talked about that. I, I know I gargle with salt water if I've got a sore throat or a cold, and um, people talked about humidifiers. And, and so I'm getting information from the community because it's your book, too. But the tongue twisters are all mine, and all the vocal warm-ups are mine. And uh, all of these things, this is the difference between this book and other books that ever had anything to do with tongue twisters. It is specific to a genre. And so when will this be available? Well, I'm hoping for late March, early April. But, you know, a lot of things happen when you're, when you're writing a book. You know, um, as, as you go to the printer, you know, right now it's with the editor. And a, a lot of different things happen. But here's what's nice. I decided to treat this book like people treat movies, meaning that, you know, when Tyler Perry is doing a movie, he's got a website, that, you know, that has the name of that movie and people are talking about it, you know, while it's being done. Well, you know, while my book is being done, um, you can get on the waiting list, right? And the way you get on the waiting list is you go to my um, uh, email address, Rod Talks at AOL.com. That's R-O-D-T-A-L-K-S, rodtalks at AOL.com. And then the subject line, leave the words new book, new book. And then I will add you to my waiting list. And as soon as it's uh, available, you will be one of the first to know uh, and you can buy it. How, lo- how much is it going to cost? Well, that's funny because I had it at one price, and then my editor was saying, Rod, you're giving this book away. <laughs> but, but, but I have a, you know, she said, with this information that's in here, you know, I really think that $14.95 is not enough. So I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. It's going to be competitive with, you know, my, uh, my peers, um, James Allberger, you know, dear friend. Uh, I see, uh, I think Mark uh, has a book out. What, what's Mark Cashman? Mark, Mark Cashman, yeah. And I love that VO. I love that title and the way. I know, that's, that's yeah, really isn't that, isn't that nice? Yeah. And so I will look at those books. You know, I will compare uh, the market and it'll be somewhere in, in that area. But one thing about me, and everybody knows this about me, I am not into people spending a lot of money, you know. Uh, well, you, you, you saw Bob Bergen's uh, wonderful quote, and I really appreciate it. The play it forward, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all about just, you know, I make my money doing voiceovers, and, and I, I just love to teach, as I know you do, too. Oh, yeah, it's fun. It's, but it's a side thing. You can't do yes. too much because you still have your own voiceover career. It, you know what? You are so right, and uh, your, your own voiceover career really suffers in terms of trying to go out and get no, new work. I feel like I'm a better voiceover artist as a teacher because I'm doing what I teach and I'm getting to practice that. But no doubt about it, the income, you know, you, 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 you lose money doing this. Yeah, you do lose money doing it. But, you know, I find that um, I learn by teaching. I even discover things. <clears throat> I even discover things on my own when I'm teaching somebody else because a certain situation came up. So it's very, very uh, rewarding to teach. So rewarding. I, I certainly agree. We are about out of time, but I want to ask, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I just would like to say that, you know, we are in the new year, 2015. And I know that everybody has their you know, New Year's resolutions and all of those kinds of things. But I just want to say that the most important thing is, you know, love, family and good health, because without good health, you, you can't do anything. And I think if you have those things together, I think that when you attack, and that's when I say attack, I mean really go get it. When you go after this voiceover field and all the things that you are after in it, 
I think if you have those first three things together, you're going to be successful in 2015. Mm-hmm. I'd say amen to that. Our guest today has been Rodney Salisbury. Thank you for joining us um, on this free voiceover insider podcast, Rodney. Thank you, Julie. I really appreciate it. Coming up next, the Mac Minute with voiceover insider editor Gary McFadden. And now, the McFadden Minute. Hey, on our last visit, I was talking about audiobooks. A lot of new voiceover artists are deciding to start their careers with audiobooks because when compared with genres such as commercial work, promos, and e-learning, it's pretty easy to get an audiobook contract. The primary reason for that is the entrance of the Audiobook Creation Exchange, or ACX, into the field a couple of years ago. ACX is owned by Audible, which is in turn owned by Amazon. It's easy to get an account at acx.com. If you already have an Amazon account, you can use the same account and password to sign into ACX and take a look around. What you'll find are literally thousands of books in search of narrators. In fact, I pulled up the ACX screen today and found 3,652 titles available. Two-thirds of those titles are fiction books, so if you want to narrate fiction, ACX is a place to start. There's a good built-in filtering system so that you can, for example, look at titles only in the non-fiction business category or the fiction romance category. One filter I encourage you to make use of when you're choosing your first title is the Project Length Filter. Consider choosing a book that will be fewer than five hours in length, maybe only three hours. Taking a quick look, I see 520 fiction titles and nearly 700 nonfiction titles of fewer than three hours. Why choose something so short? Because if this is the first book you're narrating, you might be working with it for a long, long time. Don't forget that you have to edit, proof listen, and master the audiobook before you submit it. A three-hour book might require 20 hours or more of your time before it's really finished. Next time, I'll talk a little bit more about sifting through the available books to narrate. Whoop, I'm well over a minute. See you next time. You've been listening to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams. Be sure to join us next week for more VoiceOver Insider information and another edition of the McFadden Minute.